Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Balls Deep Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Balls Deep Dynasty Fantasy Football League right here in Ireland. Your host, Commissioner Alan Byrne, alongside as ever, Boo Earns himself, Owen Byrne. Owen, what's going on? All good, Alan. All good. An exciting weekend in the books, and uh, it's going to be good to talk about. It sure is. We're bringing you today on today's podcast a special rundown of the NFL draft that just took place in Las Vegas on the stunning waters of the Bellagio Hotel. It was a sight to see. Yeah, it's pretty mad. Um, good place to have a draft, I'd say. A good place to go to one and could be on there every year, in my opinion. Yeah, it could have been. Apparently, you know, people are still coming home in the early hours as the reporters are getting up for, for day two. But uh, yeah, all good. All good in Vegas. Vegas, baby. <laughs> yeah, a lot of uh, there was a lot of uh, talk in the build up to the NFL draft that uh, this year's draft class probably not as good in certain positions as in others. Um, and overall... It appears that a lot of the fantasy relevant players seemed to go uh, to odd spots. I suppose no one clearly putting themselves out there as uh, as this guy uh, really a standout at this position or or this team. Yeah, yeah, some uh, some tricky prospects. Given that you know some of the some of the key, especially running backs and wide receivers. Went to went to some odd places, and even some of the quarterbacks are definitely uh, stashes rather than um, instant starters. Indeed, they are. So we're going to get right into it, and let's meet the quarterbacks. First off, the only one quarterback taken in the first round of the draft. All other quarterbacks that we're going to talk about fell to the third round, which is unheard of, really, in recent years in the NFL. Kenny Pickett, first off the block, out of Pittsburgh, goes to Pittsburgh at pick 20. Again, the first time in many, many years that a QB has not been taken uh, at the top end of the first round. Uh Concerns about Pickett coming in, his hand size, etc. But uh, but lands in a good spot at Pittsburgh. His college team sharing the same facility as his new NFL team, and uh, probably a good fit. Yeah, I thought a while out that um, if the Steelers were going to be in the mix for for a QB, Pickett would probably be their guy, given that he's right there. They're at, they've been watching him his pretty much entire entire college career there, right in the same building. So. Seems like it'll be a good fit. He knows that, what they're about. And uh, definitely probably the biggest chance of starting out of uh, out of the QBs we're going to be talking about. Yeah, of course, Mitchell Trubisky signed in the offseason a two-year deal with the Steelers. But, uh, you know, people have short memories about uh, Mitch's time in your uh, beloved Chicago a couple of years back. Yeah, I clearly remember how Mitch played. And, yeah, no. Thank you. Uh, I wouldn't want to be starting him this year going into the season. Indeed. Outside of that, third round, as we said, the high-value ticket apparently coming into the uh, the draft was Malik Willis. Some people thinking he'd go as high as number two to the 
Detroit Lions. In fact, went 86 to the Tennessee Titans going in behind uh, Ryan Tannehill, who had some uh, some words during the week saying that uh, his job is not to mentor this young kid. His job is to play quarterback. So fun times yeah. in Tennessee. Yeah, I think... Um... I think uh, Tannehill was pretty annoyed. He wasn't told about the AJ Brown trade, even. So, yeah, I think they may have caught him on the hop. Don't think he probably meant to say something like it's not my job to mentor him. Like clearly, Tannehill's a good guy, and uh, he will be. It will be his job to mentor Willis. But uh, no, it's gonna be a strange one. I think uh, Willis definitely seems to be a project, and that's probably why he slipped. So, you know, it could be uh, a year. Could be two years sitting sitting behind Tannehill there to uh, before he gets his uh, real opportunity. Yeah, and perhaps unlike the other three guys we're going to talk about, Desmond Ritter went to Atlanta. He's in behind uh, Marcus Mariota, who was signed there in the offseason, of course, after the trade of Matt Ryan to the Colts. Matt Corral, taken by the Carolina Panthers, he's in behind struggling QB Sam Darnold. And Sam Howell, taken by the Washington Commanders, of course, with only the great Carson Wentz for opposition. Yeah, I mean, Ritter and Corral potentially have a chance to, to play a bit this year. Um, both guys came out probably more ready than the likes of Malik Willis. But, uh, you know what I mean? Definitely it's just a bridge in, in Atlanta with, with Marcus Mariota. Uh, obviously, Sam Howell won't see the field at all this year. Uh, Carson Wentz is too good. Won't be overtaking him anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, oh yes. dear. That's, that's, just, that's just fantasy analysis at its best, ladies and gentlemen. I'm still on Carson Wentz Hill, and I will remain there. Moving on, you're looking at these guys as far as the uh, rookie draft goes. Kenny Pickett, as we said, uh, by no means going to be the starter behind, uh, but has a chance against Trubisky. Ritter has a chance at Atlanta. Corral has a chance at Carolina. Uh, Willis and Howell, probably less of a chance, but uh, but there's three guys up there. Um, you know, potentially could be first round picks if you need a quarterback. Potentially second round picks for some backup. Yeah, for sure. For sure, especially with us having a super flex league, uh, it definitely puts a, a bigger spin on things. But yeah, absolutely, pick it definitely in with the biggest shout to uh, be certain on day one. Okay, let's move ourselves along before we need to talk about uh, Bailey Zape taken by the uh, New England Patriots or Carson Strong on drafted to the Eagles. Probably less said about those picks, the better. Yeah, no need to talk about them. Um, just that the Patriots pretty much had the worst draft I've ever seen. Questionable, questionable. Okay, let's have a look at some running backs. Considered... The top running back in the draft class, Brees Hall, went to the New York Jets, who stepped up, uh, moved up to take Brees, uh, the fourth pick of the uh, second round of the NFL draft. 
Brees Hall, a workhorse in college, coming in presumably to usurp uh, Michael Carter uh, into that uh, into that Jets backfield and really put himself up there as probably the, the consensus number one pick in the rookie drafts. Yeah, definitely looks that way. Um, did it all in college. Um, really uh, an out-and-out three-down back. And they no, they moved up to get him. And by all reports, as they were actually trying to get in back into the end of the first round to pick him. They ended up moving up to pick him early in the second round. But yeah, it definitely seems the consensus 101 in rookie drafts. And you know, probably will take a, a bunch of snaps. Michael Carr, obviously the big loser here. But... You know, the draft capital is there for the likes of Brees Hall. They moved up to get him early in the second. Carter was only a, a fourth-round pick last year. You'd imagine Hall will uh, could take over this backfield pretty quickly. Yeah, I think so. He has all the all the uh, all the stats of uh, of a three-down back. You know, he catches the ball. He runs hard. Uh, yeah, so. Uh, you could be talking about him up uh, uh, as as a potential RB one across the board. Uh, you know, when the season comes to an end. Yeah, could happen. I mean, um, the Jets uh, made a lot of good moves uh, this off season. Um, had a great draft, and they're definitely on the up and up as as a team. Indeed. Next consensus running back was Kenneth Walker, taken in also. In the first 10 picks of the second round, he went to Seattle. Uh, the Seahawks probably had some other needs at that position and probably a bizarre pick for them, albeit uh, Rashad Penny has only a year left on his deal and uh, Chris Carson, his injury problems linger and it's questionable if he even returns uh, to play for the Seahawks. So... Maybe a good pick, uh, but could be a good pick for fantasy. Yeah, I actually really like this pick from the Seahawks. I think um, I really like the kind of Walker coming into the draft. And as you said, Chris Carson, huge injury was there. Even talk of retirement. Um, and Rashad Penny, I mean, he's a bit of a sick note himself. And I mean, he showed flashes last season, but that's all he's ever showed is flashes. He's there a long time now and really hasn't ever taken over the one spot. And There is an opening there for Walker um, to get it done. Absolutely, absolutely. Next up is James Cook, of course, is a brother of Dalvin Cook, which gives him a little extra spice. But he ends up going to the Buffalo Bills uh, into a crowded back room with uh, Devin Singletary and Zach Moss and quotes this week from... Bill's GM, Brendan Bean, says that uh, basically they drafted him to take over the role that they were going to give J.D. McKissick had he signed in the offseason before he ended up back at the Commanders, which means that Cook appears his starting spot is going to be as a third-down receiving back, but obviously has potential to take over with, uh, with Singletary on the last year of his rookie deal. Yeah, we spoke about it before. Um, the Bills definitely seem to be committing to the run uh, more towards the end of last season and into the playoffs. And, you know, Singletary was doing okay, but uh, I do like James Cook. Um, he definitely is going to have a role in the offense, as you said. There's going to be a lot of pass catching, I'd imagine, from him. But there's ch- going to be chances there for him to run the ball too, I'd say. And, you know, it wouldn't be the worst 
outcome in the world if he could take over there by the end of the year. You know, Singletary is not exactly standout. He's just decent. Indeed. The remaining of the running backs I'm going to talk about here are all going in behind presumptive starters. Uh, with a couple probably with a chance to, to, to get a shot. One, the next guy up is Rashad White, goes to Tampa Bay, in behind Leonard Fournette. Fournette uh, signed a new two-year contract. Uh, you know, certainly the first and second down back, Rashad White could get some uh, some work, albeit uh, Keyshawn Vaughn still there. Uh, at Houston, Damian Pierce goes to Houston behind Marlon Mack and uh, a couple other guys still in that mix as well. Hard to know how that will pan out since Damian Pierce did not really have any sort of uh, workload in college. Uh, you know, people thinking that he might come into a third or three down role seems a bit far fetched. Isaiah Spiller signs with the LA Chargers going in behind. Uh, in behind standout Austin Eckler. Uh, you know, three guys there would have to work cut out for them to get some uh, to get some work. Yeah, for sure. Um, Rashad White, definitely. Um, real crowded backfield there. Sean Vaughn did start to get um, some more snaps towards the end of last season and such, so they were definitely trying to see what they have with him. Uh, Damon Pierce, as you said, Marlon Mack is there. Still not sure about how he came off his injury. I mean, didn't really get much of a look in last year with the Colts. Uh, they also have Rex Burkhead, who, you know, he can do his damage, uh, especially in around the goal line. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what kind of role Damon Pierce is able to carve out for himself there. Isaiah Spiller was the big um, upset for me. I did like him a lot going into the draft. Obviously, for him and, you know, going into a team like the Chargers is great, but... In fantasy relevance, it's hard to see him getting much with with Eckler there. Eckler tends not to come off the field too much, so it's it's a tricky one. I do like Spiller though. And uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, but but kind of tricky for those guys. Um, next guy up, Tyler Algeir, uh has gone to Atlanta. Now this guy again has had issues in college, but goes into a place where he's behind Cordero Patterson with Mike Davis having been uh, let go during the year or during the week. Um, Patterson, though, into his, uh, you know, he's he's beginning to push on and uh, obviously put up a lot of mileage last year out of nowhere. Uh, Algier could could get some sort of uh, some sort of chance. Elsewhere, Brian Robinson goes to the Commanders. He's going to be in behind both. Uh, J.D. McKissick and uh, Antonio, what's his name? Gibson. <laughs> Gibson, that's the guy. Uh, tough to see where Brian Robinson's going to carve out a role. Uh, Tyrion Davis-Price taken by San Francisco in the third round. You know, San Francisco just loves loading their running back room. Um Again, hard to know what kind of what kind of work he's going to get with Elijah Mitchell there, with uh, Trace Sermon there, looking to to bounce back from a poor rookie year. Uh, again, three guys with question marks. Yeah, probably. Um, you know, Algier probably has the most clear path to actually getting uh, on the field of these three guys um, with Atlanta. Definitely, you would imagine he's going to take 
some snaps off Patterson. You know, Patterson can line up out with wide receiver as well. So, you know, you're going to see him on the field probably the most out of these three guys. Brian Robinson liked him as well coming out, but really didn't land in a good spot. Like, the commanders really have their their first, second down back in Gibson and clear pass catching back in, in J.D. McKissick. It's going to be fine to... It's going to be hard for him to find time on the field. And, as you said, uh, D- Davis Pierce there going to the Niners. They're pretty much draft a running back every year, uh, at least one anyway. Um, f- you know, they get guys into their system. The system works well, um, but with the guys in front of him, hard to see him uh, carving out much of a role. Maybe more of a stash kind of guy. Indeed, as our... I'm just going to name off the next six guys. Zamir White at Las Vegas. Karen Williams at the LA Rams. Pierre Strong at New England. Hassan Haskins at Tennessee. Uh, Keontae Ingram at Arizona. And Tyler Beatty at Baltimore. All going into places where they're at least third on the depth chart and uh, are probably going to be relying on injuries to get any sort of shot in the coming year. But again, could be stashes for the future. Yeah, Zamir White in Vegas and um, Keontae Ingram in Arizona would be the guys I'd be looking at most of that list to uh, stash. Um, definitely not this year will be their year, but uh, they could see some time in um, the following season season after. Indeed. Well, then we were, we were going to move on to where things get a little spicy. Wide receivers. Plenty of good wide receiving talent in this draft, it must be said, particularly the top uh, eight or ten guys, albeit not gone into hugely uh, great situations in some cases, but uh, others having opportunities. We start off top ADP player was the first wide receiver off the board, Drake London, taken by the Atlanta Falcons. At number eight overall, going into a place where basically there's no wide receivers. Calvin Ridley suspended for next season. They do have Kyle Pitts at tight end being their top receiver, but London has a real opportunity to carve out a starting role. His only issue, of course, being Marcus Mariota at at QB or possibly a rookie QB. Yeah, um, this Drake London clearly... um walking into a team where he's going to be the clear number one receiver uh big body guy he's real tall um going to be a, a threat in the red zone too um really can box out uh, corners and really get it done i think they're going to be playing a lot of big ball with him and Pitts. um they're going to be dangerous but again you know mariota he showed uh, some flashes when he had to step in in vegas last year but can he get it done on a consistent basis over a full season? That remains to be seen. But definitely one of the better backups that they could have picked up as a bridge for, obviously, Desmond Ritter. Uh, I like London a lot. I've seen him go as high as the 102 in some rookie drafts. Um, he definitely has the clearest path to being uh, getting a haul of targets. Indeed he has. Next Guy on the ADP list is Traylon Burks, who went to the Tennessee Titans. A huge, huge trade during the draft. 
the 18th pick of the draft belonged to the Philadelphia Eagles. They gave it up to the Tennessee Titans for star wide receiver A.J. Brown, who goes now to Philadelphia. And the Titans replace A.J. Brown with Traylon Burks, who, uh, comp for comp, is probably the most uh, most like him. But, uh, yeah, first of all, what do you make of the A.J. Brown trade situation? Um, I don't like it at all. Um, especially, the thing is, right, so they've obviously, as you said, comp for comp, Traylon Burks, pretty similar. So, essentially what they've done is traded away one of the best wide receivers in football because they wouldn't pay him to draft a guy that's similar to him. So now they're just hoping in a year or two, Traylon Burks is going to be as good as AJ Brown is. I don't understand the trade. I think they should have paid him. Like looking around the league, um, you know, even 20 million a year wouldn't have been too bad for a guy like AJ Brown. Um, they couldn't, apparently there was, their their offer was sixteen million a year with incentives to get up to twenty, and he just wanted the clean twenty, and they couldn't get it done. I think it was a mistake on their part. Don't think Tannehill was happy. From what I hear, Mike Vrabel wasn't happy either. So, I don't think it's a good move. No, and and that's not a good move for Tennessee. Obviously, it's a good move for Philadelphia, but for AJ Brown himself, as far as fantasy goes. A little difficult in Philadelphia, very run-heavy, lowest passing offense last year. Jalen Hurts still a QB in question marks about his uh, viability as a as a thrower. Yeah, the only thing is um, himself, AJ Brown and um, Hurts are, are quite good friends, so I think they're going to have that camaraderie straight off the bat. So I think he actually walks in there and you know gets a pretty good target load. I don't think there's going to be too much of a fall-off. They definitely want to start committing to the past game, and now they have better pieces to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and of course, with Devonta Smith uh, having a, a pretty good rookie year, it probably pushes him up a little bit, uh, given he's going to have a big alpha on the other side. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think um, both of them are, are in for a good year, to be honest. Um, definitely Devonta Smith is going to be you know, a, go- a very good uh, wide receiver, too. Um, with, with having the alpha as you said and you know he's going to get some more open looks Um, but uh, you know you can double team AJ Brown too and he still gets open uh, he's a phenomenal receiver and if they can really get that passing game going which they tried to commit to last year um, so with the extra pieces now they, they could get it done they've got some nice pieces there with Dallas Goddard at tight end as well so they could really get moving that division is there for the taking and uh, I'd fancy them to actually win it yeah, indeed. Next up is Garrett Wilson taking 10th overall to the New York Jets. We already talked about the Jets taking Brees Hall. Uh, they made some outstanding, outstanding choices in uh, in this year's draft. Garrett Wilson, uh, no exception. Uh, one of the highest rated players uh, coming into the draft. He lands in a spot now where all eyes are on Zach Wilson. He, you know, they're putting the talent around him and... Uh, Garrett Wilson is, a, is is going to be a big piece. Yeah, as you said, Jets, they had a great weekend, uh, great draft. I uh, thought they did phenomenal. The last two drafts have actually been really good, to be fair. And, yeah, with Garrett Wilson, um, one of the highest rated, if not one of the highest rated receiver coming into this draft, they've got him now. 
And as you said, all eyes on, on Zach Wilson. If he can get it together and get it going, they could be a little bit of a force. They've got some really nice pieces on offense. And uh, they've got some good pieces on defense too. Um, they're going to be a tricky matchup, I think, this year. Um, but Garrett Wilson definitely... Of all the receivers we're going to be talking about, especially these like first 8 to 10 guys, he's the one who has the clearest path to be playing with the same quarterback for the next 3-4 years. Whereas the other guys, they're in teams where there's definitely going to be changes over quarterback in the next 2 years at least. And, you know, this could be a, a real good setup for Wilson to Wilson for years to come. Indeed, Zach Wilson obviously just has to step it up now, and uh, you know he had a rocky enough uh, rookie season, but injury played its part. But yeah, look, if he can put it together, he's got he's got the pieces, as we said. Uh, next guy up is Chris Olave, taken by the New Orleans Saints, who uh, who jumped up to pick eleven to take Olave. As it came out in the wash, New Orleans made some odd trade moves prior to the draft with Philadelphia. Uh, it turns out they've given up like a one, a two, and two threes or something for Alave, which seems like a lot uh, as it washes out. But again, he's, he's uh, been a productive receiver. Uh, we talked about an alpha on the other side. He's going to have Michael Thomas opposite him coming back from injury this year. Again, though, with Jameis Winston uh, throwing the rock, we're talking about similar situation here where QB is not set in stone. Yeah. Um, Olave here clearly has a straight path to be the number two receiver on his team, as you said, with Michael Thomas on the other side. Look, Winston, obviously, he's up and down, but uh, he's a slinger. Like He's going to be throwing the ball up there. Olave is good. Uh, he's good in um, tight coverage. He can get up, win the ball. Do you know what I mean? He could have a, a, a nice season here. Um, along with Michael Thomas, they could both really have nice seasons. Winston's a slinger. like He's he's like an old-school Brett Favre. He's just chucking it up there like, go get it, lads. So I sure wouldn't be surprised is. to see him having a nice season. You know, As long as Winston doesn't throw too many interceptions. Well, he's going to throw a lot of touchdowns too. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Next up on the list is... Wide receiver Jamison Williams. The Detroit Lions moved all the way from 32 up 20 spots to number 12 to take Jamison Williams, considered by many to be the best uh, wide receiver prospect here, albeit he tore his ACL in the championship game just back in January, hence probably his drop down to 12. But uh, if he comes clear of that injury, many people thinking that he is... Uh, he he could be the best of the crop here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if he comes back okay from this injury, um, he's I'd imagine we'll be talking about him two three years down the line being easily the best of, of these of the whole lot of the receivers. That in my opinion, anyway, I think uh, he was brilliant, and it was definitely the injury to let him slide. I don't, definitely not getting out of the top ten uh, without that injury. And, again, the Lions had a really nice draft along with the Jets. Um, they're building some nice pieces there. Now, obviously, Jared Goff is a huge question mark, but, you know, they I would expect them to be in the quarterback market uh, next draft. Yeah, and apparently 2023 is going to see 
three or four uh, really strong QB uh, QB prospects coming out, so, and 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 you would think that the lines are still going to be in the uh, in the top ten. I'd say picking uh, at the end of the day, so probably in a strike zone for for a good QB. Yeah, and definitely have the ammo to move up if they need to. So, um, you know, they'll they'll be able to move around next year's board. I read an article the other day, and they think the over-under on how many quarterbacks will go in the first round next year is like six and a half. So there's going to be wow. some studs wow. coming out next next year. Indeed. We move on then to talk about two the next two wide receivers on the list here are the beneficiaries of where they've landed. The first guy being Sky Moore, who landed in the Kansas City Chiefs, and Christian Watson, who lands with the Green Bay Packers, both, of course, coming into positions where Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams are no longer there. Uh, but both have their question marks. Um, Sky Moore... Uh, not considered uh, as good as the first few guys we've talked about. Christian Watson had a lot of drop issues, and we know Aaron Rodgers won't suffer fools easy. Yeah, uh, starting with Sky Moore there, the question marks on him are that he's small. Um, he's 5'10", if even. I think he's 5'9 and a half or something. So he's quite small, but he's got the speed, and he's got really big hands, actually, for the size of him. I potentially he has the biggest hands in the draft he might have actually the biggest hands in the draft for wide receivers and yeah he's just a speedster guy that's what they like he could make a he could turn into nothing i mean they've done it with Tariq kill but less so with the likes of michael hardman and byron pringle and stuff some guys have worked some guys haven't so definitely a question mark but all the opportunity in the world in front of him as for um christian watson as you said, he's definitely had uh, a case of the dropsies there throughout his uh, his college career, and yeah, Aaron Rodgers won't like that. But there is a there is a nice path for him to uh, potentially be very good there. But all the word seems a bit of a project. Could take some time with him. Indeed, indeed, yeah, uh, big shoes to fill for both those guys too. So. Uh, and particularly with Green Bay, uh, you know, the wide receiver room without Devontae Adams is certainly looking a bit sparse. Uh, they signed the Lizard King, of course, uh, Sammy Watkins, to yep. go in there with Alan Lazard, but uh, probably lost their best two pieces in, in Adams and, and, and MVS, who, of course, going to Kansas City. Moving on, we have George Pickens. A big tough receiver out of Georgia went to the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is a guy who has some off-the-field concerns going to the right spot in Pittsburgh if they're looking for some tough football. So, again, he's going to be teetering on the end of the first start of the second round, but probably need to take him with a little bit of caution. Yeah, definitely some caution here um, with his off-field stuff, but real big-body guy, uh, good hands. And obviously going to a team like Pittsburgh is great. Not only for, obviously we know they can draft and develop receivers really well. They've done it over the years. But it's a real tight-lipped organization. And they keep a lot of their issues in-house. And you don't hear about a lot of them. And 
that could be a really good place for him to go get his head down and, and, and concentrate on football. So there is an air of caution, but definitely a great landing spot for him. Indeed. Next up, Johan Dotson, or Jahan Dotson, uh, ended up in uh, with the Washington Commanders. Commanders were picking at 11. They slid down to 16 with that trade of New Orleans, who went and got Olave, followed by uh, Williams after that. Taking Dotson here was probably a little bit of a reach, and, and, and that trade down, I think, uh, they missed out on two of those really top guys. Um, seems a little bit... It was a little bit foolish in my eyes, but uh, not to say Dotson won't be good opposite uh, Terry McLaurin, but uh, probably missed out on, on better receivers. Yeah, yeah, there was definitely an air of panic when uh, when they took Dotson, I felt like. But um, look, could work out well going into a nice scenario. Um, obviously an alpha at the other side and a clear path to be their number two receiver. Um, they like to pass it and, you know, Wentz can sling it on his day, so... Not not a bad opportunity for him. Um, could make a little bit of hay. Indeed. As with the running backs, we're going to just uh, put out some names here of guys then who are going into, uh, certainly going into traffic in, in wide receiver rooms. David Bell goes to Cleveland. John Mechie goes to Houston. Wandale Robinson to the New York Giants. Alec Pierce, Indianapolis. Jalen Talbert to Dallas. And uh, Khalil Shakir to Buffalo. All of them have alphas across from them, have wide receiver twos probably uh, coming through. We'll find it tough uh, to get any fantasy relevant uh, action this year outside of injury. Yeah, I think uh, it could be uh, slow burners with some of these guys. The likes of um, David Bell. John Mechie and Alec Pierce probably have close to the uh, the clearest path to uh, to make some hay, um, but you know it's still going to be hard for them to break in. There's guys already on those teams that are, are breaking out and becoming the wide receiver too for the for the likes of the Browns and such with um, Donovan Peoples Jones and such. Um, but yeah, the, there's definitely they might be a slow burn, but there might be something to be had uh, uh, later down the road. Indeed. Then uh, to round out with just a couple of questionable picks, Tyquan Thornton went to New England. Um, picked again when there were a couple of uh, probably better uh, prospects on the board, as was Velas Jones to your Chicago. Questionable, questionable picks, I think, in my eyes, considering the, the guys that were still out there. Yeah, uh, hugely questionable. Um Felix Jones to the Bears didn't really like it to be honest. Um, likes a bit of special teams and such, but uh, I don't know. If there was better guys there. I think we could have gone and got and moved, maybe moved around the board a bit better to uh, to get some more guys. But uh, no, wasn't a fan. Now I have to say, um, Traquan Thornton going to New England. He was obviously the fastest wide receiver, but you know that's they definitely do need speed, but. He's not what they should have been looking for, really. I don't think they have uh, bigger needs and don't think he's going to be able to emerge as uh, what what they're looking for him to be. Indeed, indeed. Um, 
I heard a good one about Vilas Jones during the week is that he played in college with Juju Smith-Schuster way back in 2016. What age is this guy? Is he already in his 30s? I know. You have to remember, Juju came out super early. He came out real young. Vilas Jones is... He might be 20. He might be 24, yeah. But Juju came out yeah. super early. He came out at 20. So, Yeah. We'll see how Van Ryder Jones gets on in the NFL. <laughs> okay. Let's move along to the tight ends. So the top tight end on the list is Trey McBride, who was taken by the Arizona Cardinals, who goes into... Uh, in behind Zach Ertz, who had a resurgent season for the Cardinals last year. So again, we probably don't see much out of McBride maybe this year, but a good receiving tight end, he could come to the fore, uh, you know, in, in future years. Yeah, definitely going to be a real nice stash piece. I mean, there's not going to be many weeks you're going to want to start him in his rookie year, but um, definitely the best tight end coming out this year and a really nice place. Just another weapon for Kyler Murray to uh, make hay with. Indeed, indeed. Next up on the tight end list is Jelani Woods, who ends up with the Indianapolis Colts. This is an enormous man of six foot seven and I don't know, high two hundred pounds. He goes in alongside Moali Cox, Gigantor himself. So we've got the twin towers of tight ends. Uh but it would appear that Woods is going to be reliant heavily on being a red zone target. And again, that's that's tough to rely on on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, um, he's definitely in a nice place. It's going to be a nice piece, but uh, he's definitely going to be kind of a guy. You're, if you're only going to be starting him, if you know your main guy is on bye or something like that, or picking up injuries, he's definitely going to be touchdown dependent in terms of fantasy. But goes to a nice place, you know... Um, they're trying to get it going, and he's a big dude. Definitely going to be a threat in the red zone. Indeed he will. Next on the list, Greg Dolchich went to the Denver Broncos. Of course, Noah Fant traded out of Denver to Seattle in the Russell Wilson trade. Albert O is the next man up, heading into his third year, and that's the kind of year to think the tight ends actually start to show some promise, so... Things lining up for Alberto Jolchich comes in as a good receiver, but apparently not a great athlete. Didn't uh, didn't combine well. Uh, uh, again, will have to uh, use his receiving chops to try and make any sort of inroads. Yeah, but it could be interesting there. You know, obviously Denver have loaded up. Obviously Wilson uh, moving there, and that uh, big gap left by by no offense. Um, there's a chance for him, but. You know, it could be a could be a stash as well. Um, not convinced on Albert O myself, but you never know with Russ there improving things at the quarterback position. They're going to be a whole different animal this year. So, be interesting to see what happens there. Yeah, I feel like the tight end group in uh, Seattle while Russell Wilson was there uh, showed some promise and had a flash from time to time, but. Uh, no one really kind of even even with uh, with Jimmy Graham there after that big trade way back when, really didn't uh, 
didn't come true in the fantasy land. So, yeah, caution is all I'll say about that Denver tight end group. Yeah, for sure. Next on the list is Cade Otten, who was taken by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Still unknown if Rob Gronkowski comes back. That would leave Cameron Brait the next man up with Otten coming in after him. He'd have to uh, try and make inroads there. Daniel Bellinger went to the New York Giants. Uh, again, hard to know what the Giants are going to be on offense this year, particularly at the tight end uh, position. Um, then we Jeremy Ruckert, who went to the New York Jets, but they signed uh, CJ Uzama to be their starting tight end in the offseason, paid him some money, so Ruckert, again, have his uh, work cut out. And Charlie Kolar, taken by the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore, one of these teams that loves to take tight ends, just the way San Francisco takes running backs. Kolar going into a, a situation, obviously, behind superstar Mark Andrews and others in that spot. No one really standing out there on. No, there's there's pretty much a clear drop off here after those front three McBride Woods and Dulcich, and yeah, these guys definitely going into um, odd situations. Definitely, no no clear path for them to uh, to be even getting much snaps. Never mind um, uh, catches and, and fantasy points. But uh, you know there might be a stash there or two, but it's that's tough going now. That'll be tough sledding with those guys. It will, and as I said about Baltimore, just as I look down the list, two spots below Kolar is Isaiah Likely, another tight end also taken by Baltimore, a guy that they thought, you know, might be taken by someone to give it a chance, but uh, you're taking Kolar and Likely to go into that uh, tight end room of Baltimore. You're, uh, you're playing the fire. Yeah, but look, they're, they're two big guys, uh, and Baltimore like to run the ball. Do you know what I mean? They could be stacking the line there a couple of times. Um those guys could be uh, end up being more blockers than than uh, doing any receiving. Indeed, indeed. So that brings us to the end of the rundown of the NFL draft as far as the fantasy football landscape now looks. Plenty there to think about. You'll see the ADPs come up when we uh, when we actually go to draft, but just. You know, take a look around. You can go into all those players' profiles and just see there's details about them. Injuries are coming off of some guys might look like they're in good spots but are banged up. And, uh, you know, you have to look uh, you look around, their quarterback situation, uh, you know, everything that's going on. Yeah, 100%. And, uh, you know, obviously what your team needs as well um, now and, and in the future going along. Um, as... You'll remember when you draft these guys in, in our draft, they'll go into your taxi squad and won't actually count towards your cap space until they go into your main lineup. So, you know, I'll be looking to the future too. Indeed, indeed. Elsewhere around the NFL, Owen, we still have, of course, the Debo Samuel drama going on in San Francisco, albeit there are tweets coming out left, right, and center saying that... Uh, He's liking tweets saying that he's going to stay, but uh, the 49ers got to figure that out. If they hadn't traded him before now, it seems unlikely they're going to trade him now. Um, what do you think? Yeah, you would have thought uh, if they were going to move him, it would have been pre-draft, um, getting these deals done on draft day. Now, we did see two on, on the first day in particular, wide receivers moving, but 
Uh, apparently, a lot of due diligence was done before that day. Um, but yeah, I would have thought if they were going to move him, they would have moved him pre-draft and uh, tried to move up the board and find a replacement, essentially. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, there was talks that they would have the 10 pick um, of the New York Jets and could have taken Jameson Williams or... Uh, or Garrett Wilson, but uh, no, they want their game plans around Debo. They want Debo elsewhere. Kyler Murray uh, still looking for his money, but uh, that's going to be a difficult, difficult proposition for the uh, the Cardinals. I think they should pay him, but uh, as to how much he's going to get paid is uh, is a different story. Yeah, I think they should pay him as well, and I think they will pay him. I I feel like this is just a matter of where they're going to meet and how much. Um, but look, they, they went into the draft and uh, they made some moves. They gave him more pieces, uh, new tight end. Uh, we didn't speak about it earlier, but uh, they traded for uh, Marquise Hollywood-Brown uh, from the Ravens. Um, there's been some other controversy in Arizona, but definitely they've improved improved the pieces around him. Uh, obviously, they re-signed James Conner as well. So... Do you know what I mean? They've built the offense for him. Now they just have to pay him to stay in it. Yeah, that's it. That's it, of course, that uh, that DeAndre Hopkins is going to be suspended. The first six games of the season is going to be a big loss to them and to, you know, to his fantasy owner, I suppose. Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely drops him down the board in, in, in talking about redraft. Um. But look, uh, Marquise, I think they could make hay there with him. Kyler Murray and him are very good friends as well. I think the camaraderie is there off the bat. Um, so, you know, it's that's important. They have the chemistry already, and that's important. So I think I think the likes of Hollywood moving there is definitely, you know, pushing Kyler to stay there as well. And I definitely, I'm confident the deal gets done. Yeah, I'd be pretty confident too. And, uh, yeah, I, he just uh, needs to show a bit more consistency, maybe. But, uh, yeah, he's certainly going to be paid. But, uh, but look, there's plenty of uh, needy QB teams out there. And uh, you just never know. A, a deal could come along that's uh, too spicy to uh, to turn down. You know, we've seen it in the offseason this year. People didn't want to pay their wide receivers you know, we've seen it in the past. They didn't want to pay their running backs. So, you know, we could get to the point where they don't want to pay their, their QBs 40 or $50 million a year, which is a huge hit to their cap. Yeah, oh, I mean, that's entirely possible. But look, I think Kyler's the kind of quarterback that he'll make hay no matter where he goes. He obviously has the legs under him and, do you know what I mean, gets the rushing yards too. So fantasy, his fantasy relevance doesn't particularly go down no matter where he is really. You know, the the lower-end teams are, are, are kind of set a quarterback with, with drafting from last year and, and that. So even if he is moved, it's probably to a decent enough place where he makes hay no matter what. Ah, no doubt from a fantasy point of view, you don't need to worry about him, no doubt. Okay, that brings us to the end of our special NFL Draft podcast. Thank you so much for listening. To the Balls Deep Dynasty League, we will be shortly starting our 2022 Rookie Draft four rounds. Your commish, Alan Byrne, will soon be on the clock 
at 101. Which, may I remind you, is on the block. (laughs) (laughs) And our next podcast will be in the next couple of weeks. We will break down the whole off-season player contract situation and uh, how we navigate that, what it means for everybody. Uh, I know there's lots of questions out there. Happy to answer any questions. If you want to send us questions in advance, please do, and we will uh, talk about them on the podcast. Otherwise, we'll let you. We'll break down all the sections of it, and uh, and happy to answer questions post the podcast. Yeah, um, you know anyone, as Alan said, send us questions. Send them to Alan. Send them to us. Email them in. Whatever you need. Whatever you want. We'll. Uh, just make sure we'll get around to everything and yeah we just want everybody to be fully informed so they make um you know the best decision for them (laughs) that was air quotes for anyone not watching at home (laughs) but absolutely we want everyone on the same playing field we want uh everyone fully informed um because uh we're really, really getting to the fun part of the all-season player contracts, heading into our vet draft, following the rookie draft. This is what Dynasty Fantasy Football is all about. It's this off-season, off-season grind. Super exciting. Loving. There's been some trades recently. It's great. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Everyone is engaged. Uh, it's great. Okay. Until the next podcast. We will see you all at the Rookie Draft. Talk to you next time. Bye.